All right, guys, welcome back to Tommy Points, your premier Celtics talk show brought to you by Chase and Rangers, the podcast. We have Kyle, Joe, Luke, and myself, Victor. Guys, we are 15 and 14. We are two and two since the last time we talked. We are four and a half behind the Sixers. We're in fourth place in the East, and it is it is all bunched up. We could lose two games and fall out of the playoffs, win two games, be in second place. It's kind of wild right now here in the East. But I like the kind of the consistency of how the East is looking. Guys, one and one against the Hawks. Uh, a great, great, great win against the Nuggets. I really like the way they played. Um, and then they had a tough loss. I'm blanking right now. Oh, against the Wizards and, you know, Westbrook and Beal. And, you know, for me, I, I give the Wizards a little bit of credit. They're starting to get healthier. Westbrook's playing a little more consistently. Beal's on an MVP-type run. Hachimura came back. The Wizards are still a good team, so I'm not going to call it a terrible loss, but we still have to handle business against those kinds of teams. Luke, two and two, give me your feelings on this week. Where are you at right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm surprised, like I'm pleasantly surprised because I had us going one and three in those games. Um, I, I knew that we were going to lose the Wizards, um, knew that we we're going to beat the Nuggets, uh, and I thought we had the we we're going to drop both of the Hawks. Um, so yeah, based on the last game, like we had a great win against the Hawks, uh, great team win too. Uh, you know, we looked very good against the Hawks in the last game, which obviously is going to be uh, great to watch that just go away in the next few games um, because we're so inconsistent. But, yeah, I, like uh, two and two, like, cool. Better than I predicted by one game. <laughs> I was just going to say, who is this person and what did you do with Luke? Because I don't know who, who's, who this person is talking to. Um, I'm, I'm kind of riding the high of my guy over here. Finally finally showed up last night, 28 points. Um, yeah, the, the consistency is, is a problem. Um, I mean, it's – I've said it in the group chats, I think, where it's like the Celtics are 15 and 14, but they picked a good year to suck because a lot of the East sucks right now and a lot of the West kind of sucks right now. And it's, they, you know, they're, like you said, Vic, they're, I think they're two, between two or four games back of the top seed, but they're like between that much back from like the end of the East too. So the Wizards have won like four straight, I think, since they beat us. So, um, yeah, I'll be careful saying the, like the East and West, sucks like there's a lot of competition i think that's why we see our record as it is because right. there's a lot of other teams that are competitive this year not, not necessarily sucking i just that was poor wording of my choice i just meant like they don't suck it's just that like they're the celtics are right with everybody else outside of the top two or three in my, yeah. In my opinion yeah. yeah i mean i i do want to point out guys when you look at this record and I, i'm gonna go to joe obviously it's not great tatum has missed games marcus has missed games Jalen missed a couple. Kemba missed the first month of the season and then sits on back-to-backs, minute restrictions. We've had a lot of missing guys. Robert Williams missed games, and we know how great he is coming off the bench for us right now. So I'm starting to take a little bit of a step back and say, okay, we've missed some guys. But that's what's hurting our consistency in chemistry. So for me, I look at this brutal stretch that we had, and we can go all the way really to the Sixers. Since we've played the Sixers, the worst two teams that we've played – our three teams would be Cleveland, Chicago, and Detroit. And, you know, we beat Cleveland and Chicago, no problem. Um, Detroit, we lost again, which is embarrassing. But outside of that, guys, every single team we've played, besides the Wizards, every other team has been a playoff team. Okay, I mean, the Hawks are in the mix. The Wizards are a very good team, so I'm not calling them not a playoff team. They're just not in the playoff mix right now. We've had a very hard schedule. So we have to... 
we have to look at it that way that we've played a playoff team every single game while missing players. So I give a little bit of slack to that. Let's talk directly about this last week. Joe, are you more comfortable going into this next? So we only have seven games left on the schedule that's released. You guys know that, right? The re- only seven games on the schedule left that's been scheduled, which is crazy. Joe, knowing that Brad is starting to tighten up the bench a little bit and relying on Neesmith and Robert Williams and Pritchard, the guys that we kind of want him to rely on more, are you feeling a little bit more comfortable going to the next seven games? Um, I, I'm feeling more comfortable. It seems uh, like some takeaways. I I have like four takeaways from like the last three or four games. And the, the Celtics, the fourth quarter struggles sort of continue. Right? We have a big lead. We let it. We let we we let teams close in. The bigs are playing well, right? For the most part, uh, Jason Tatum seems like he's turning the ball over a lot more than. We usually see him turn. I don't know what the problem is there. Maybe it's a mental thing. Um, Kemba Walker seems to be good with his minutes. Like, despite he's he's obviously being monitored with his injury, rest more rest one night than the other. But like last night, they interviewed him. He was like, "Yeah, I'm good with my minutes." Brad said if they went into overtime that he wouldn't even have played Kemba. Um, and another thing is Naismith. Like you were saying, he. He's played more minutes in the last week than he did all of January, uh, December and January. So, like, clearly we're seeing something move here, the meter move a little. But one thing that Tristan said last night to touch on the fourth quarter struggles is he said that when we're up 20, 22 points and late, we got to keep it that way because the the last five, six minutes of the game is – for the young guys, and if they don't get that five, six minutes, they don't get to develop, you know? That, that's a really good point. I like that. Joe, you brought up the turnovers. Kyle, we talked – I mean, up until probably the last week, week and a half, we saw so much iso ball, and we're still seeing it. But we're also right now seeing this insurgence of passing in assist from Jalen and Tatum. So in chasing range, and I'm kind of all over the place, we talked about Jokic's turnovers. Our turnovers have gone up. But our ball movement has increased, and our offensive flow is better, and our assists are going up. Would you, would you kind of sacrifice some turnovers to watch this offense continue to improve and to continue moving the ball and increasing your assists? I think turnovers it's funny, go what, hand in hand, right? The more you pass the ball, the more turnovers you're probably gonna have. Okay. That, that was kind of my thought, right? So, Kyle, are you okay with that handoff, like? If Tatum brings the ball up the court and shoots it, that's a missed shot attempt, not a turnover. But if we make three passes looking for an open look and they turn it over, like, you know, I, I'd almost rather the passes. What do you think? Isn't it funny what ball movement does for an NBA team? Like, it's we were watching last night and I was like, dude, what is this team that I'm watching? It's like the reason they were up 25 is because they were moving the ball and they were getting open looks. And, like, I know Pritchard had a, a few threes that he missed, but those were good looks. So, like, I'm okay with him taking those shots. Um, 100%, as long as they're not bad passes, the Celtics will get a little flashy sometimes and they'll like cut down the baseline and then like try and whip a pass across the court. And it's like, it's usually an easy turnover. So like, as long as they cut down on those, but yeah, I mean, multiple passes, every possession, like you got to lock down, like that's how this team is going to be successful. And it's like, they, they are, they are still doing ISO ball. So there's still an issue with that, but they are getting a little bit better. I feel more optimistic after the, especially after those last two Hawks games, even in the loss, um, than I have for like the previous two weeks, especially like you said, the bench 
going down. We're finally seeing Naismith play. Brad must have been watching Tommy points, okay? Because every time we tell him to play Naismith or play the Twin Towers, he's putting them in there. So thanks for that, Brad. Um, right. But yeah, that's what we want to see. We, I think Luke mentioned it in a past episode where it's like, Brad played like 12 guys. He didn't know what the hell was going on. He didn't know his rotations. And it seems like he's shoring that up a little bit now. So there's still a long ways to go, but I feel much better now than I did. He is tightening that up. Luke, as far as the passing stuff, I think you'll agree on ball movement. I, you can nod your head in, in agreement with me. But the one thing that I want to kind of touch on is if we're going to move the ball this much, we got to change up the play calling almost every single possession. I don't know if you guys remember the Clippers game a couple weeks ago when I think Tatum had seven or eight assists and Jalen had five or – oh, no, Jalen sat that game. But we had Tatum had seven or eight assists. There was a flare screen. So it was a high pick and roll up at the three. Uh, they they uh, picked down and then flared out. And Kawhi, with his 7-12 wingspan, just picked it and took it down for an easy dunk. I think they have to be uh, – that's on Brad to be a little more creative with the play calling. But do you like the ball movement? Would you say that that's what Brad needs to clean up, Luke? 100%. I mean, ball movement is, is key to the Like, if you watch any game, their offense is non-existent. Their playing is stagnant when they're not moving the ball. And that goes back to, like, our iso ball hindrance, which, uh, honestly, I think iso ball affects our turnover numbers more than moving the ball. Um, you saw Tatum last night try to go iso multiple times. Mm. And just getting stripped. He's getting stripped um, all day, yeah. Yeah, he's getting stripped and all that, day. Those are the turnovers I was talking about. When he tried to do, like, a spin. And, like, the late late game yesterday, he tried to do a spin top like top of the key and he just got taken right away from him. Yeah. And then and hands up. Yeah, as I say, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. He's very lazy with the ball. Uh, and I think you saw him try to um, combat that laziness last night when he's coming off picks or, or driving around the edge. When he took the ball to the basket a few times and he was successful, he hammered that turn. Like he sprinted to the basket. And that's what we need to see. I think his speed um, on those those pick and rolls are, are those like unique opportunities when he can get to the lane because we, we know he's a great shooter. But Tatum needs to get to the lane. He needs to get fouled. He needs to go to the free throw line. He needs to control the pace of the game. He's to control the offense. He needs to get in a rhythm too, and I think free throws will help him immensely. Just getting in the rhythm. We always see Tatum uh, when Tatum's off. It's because he's shooting deep threes, and he hasn't had anything from the mid-range game because he's not getting good shots. And he tries to compensate for that with that step back three. Um, so I think I love Tatum driving the basket, but yeah, when he's he when he's lazy with the ball, that's where the turnovers come in. And I think a lot of the times that's in the ISO scenarios. There's a question I actually have for you guys, um, more specifically about uh, Rob Williams. Um, did he, I don't know if you guys noticed yesterday or last night, he had that uh, Capella went up on a pump fake, and then uh, Williams, like, he jumped so quickly, he, like, swatted it back out. Like, he shows that, like, crazy athleticism, but it still seems like Brad goes with, like, Tristan Thompson and Tice more down the line over – Robert Williams, he was like, I think, six for eight last night or something like that. And remember in the first half, he had that, like, crazy, like, football catch. Like, I don't yeah. know. I just don't understand why, like, Tristan Thompson is playing better. He had a decent night last night, and Tice is tights. But it just seems like he's shying more away from Williams and going more with those two down the stretch, like, in late in games, too. Yeah, so looking at Rob's line, he was 16 minutes, six for eight, seven rebounds, two steals, four blocks. He had four uh, uh, four fouls and he had 12 points. So the seven rebounds, one thing that they love about Thompson is his offensive rebounding. In 27 minutes, Thompson had five rebounds and one less offensive board. Uh, he did have yeah. a block. I, I, I think How Thompson many, is okay. 
He had 17 many, points. I know. 17, and didn't he have like three assists too? He had three assists. And I think Thompson, this was one of Thompson's best games of the season, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he which I was very surprised because Capella is much more athletic than him, the same size, if not a little bit bigger. So I was surprised that he won that matchup. Uh, well, Capella had the better stats, but you guys know what I mean. I mean, he, yeah. he really stood up against Capella pretty well. Um, guys, Robert Williams is 100% in my mind a do not trade unless it is – if we're trading him, it has to be a fourth option. Like I'm talking, yeah, John Collins, Clint Capella, Harrison Barnes. That is the only way I'm moving Robert Williams. Are, are you guys in agreement? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to move Rob after the way he's played. Like, yeah. we, I, I, love I, I, I think we're set at center. I've been saying that. Like, he's a center and point guard, I think we're fine. He's, yeah. just a, he's just a beast when he's out there. Like, yeah. He, he needs yeah. more minutes. I think last time was more foul trouble than it was minutes, but hopefully I still want to see him at least 20, 20, 25 minutes a night. But yeah, Tristan, I'm not a big fan of Tristan as much, but he had a really good night last night. So I like that they can mix and match. It's like fire and ice with them. So I, I think that falls into the inconsistency with the lineup too. Because like we've we've been begging for the twin towers. And normally when when Tyson Thompson are in the lineup with the the Jays, um that lineup works and like point guards sort of um, it, it can be circumvented. Like we saw success with Marcus Martin there. Um, you know, Teague hasn't had a, like a lot of starts. Uh, Pritchard's been playing. Okay. I think that, you know, point guard and, and obviously Kemba, but I think that starting lineup works. Me too. 110%. It keeps us a little bit deeper because I'm kind of liking semi coming off the bench. Guys, uh, another person I want to talk about is Aaron Neesmith. We drafted him 14th overall. We've been very, very harsh on Brad on why he hasn't played him. Is there anything that you guys have seen from the last week in his insurgence of minutes that says that he should not be in our rotation right now? Absolutely not. Besides just fouls. Like, he's he's still a little raw defensively. Um, but, no, his his activity is, like, he's he's an energy guy. That's what you Celtics have outscored opponents by 42 points during the 99 minutes he's played in the past week. That's all you need to know. Yeah, he's he's just and he can shoot the ball. Like we know he's a shooter, Um, and I love his track down blocks. I love how he hustles. It's it's so nice to see. And he has a quote that uh, I think Scout mentioned last night is like he'd much rather have a a track down block than a a dunk. A dunk on somebody. He said that's a Forsberg in an interview. So I mean that's great to see and. He's – I don't know what he's going to be. Is he going to be like a Danny Green? Because that's how Danny Green is. Danny Green gets a lot of blocked shots and can hit the three, but he's not the best player in the world. Or could he be better? It's too soon to tell, but I 100% think he brings enough defense that puts him over Javante Green, probably puts him over Semi, and we know what he could potentially be on offense. So he has to stay in the rotation 15 to 20 minutes a game. Kyle, you agree with that? Yeah, I was just thinking we haven't seen Carson in a few games now where it's like, Brad. again, I like that Brad's doing that. He's shortening up the rotation. But, yeah, it's been – Tremont hasn't played in forever. We haven't seen Taco in forever. Um, Neesmith left the game last night, so I think it's just a minor injury. He looked like he was walking off mostly, so hopefully that's not significant. Um, but, I like, to me, I would agree, kind of going back to your point, Vic, Rob is untradeable for me. I think he's he's got to get more minutes, and he – He's had a hip issue too, I know. So again, the injury bug is like the story of the 2021 Celtics so far, which is good because if they can tread water and get healthy for the playoffs, I think that's like maybe they're better than their record. Um, but yeah, I I think I think Neesmith is phenomenal. His rebounding has surprised me a lot. Like mm. he's getting like four four to six rebounds a game, 
Like he's he's all over the floor. He's getting second chance points. It's like it's even if his shot's not falling, he's doing other things. He's high energy a lot like Rob is. I think those two guys specifically have made a huge difference the last like week. Yeah, which is frustrating too. It's like why 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 haven't we like why hasn't he been on the floor before this? It's just it's so confusing to me. Yeah, and but you know he's coming in now and it's looking good. So we'd only hope for it to get better. Uh, guys, another guy I want to talk about, our other rookie, Payne Pritchard. He is trending downwards. I don't care what anyone says. Um, turnovers have been an issue. His defense has been a little lackadaisical, in my opinion. He's not hitting shots as consistent as consistently as he used to. Do you guys think that he's going to play himself out of the rotation a little bit when Marcus comes back? Or does Marcus play more of the two or the three and Pritchard still plays the backup one. I, I, I think Pritchard's minutes are going to go down because of how well Semi's played and Neesmith has played, and I think that Pritchard's going to drop to below 10 minutes a game. Yeah, I think they still like him. Um, I think he's shown too much, especially like with Marcus in there. Um, him and Marcus played well, like and Pritchard played well as a backup. I, I don't know. It's it's tough to say, but he's definitely trending down. Um, you see Neesmith like, jumping ahead of him immediately especially like considering his struggles. I just think that his shooting ability, um, his range gives him a leg up, like especially the, I mean, his range is essentially the same as Carson Edwards, but Pritchard's clearly the favorite there. Um, so, uh, I mean, we'll see. It could go either way. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, as much as we hate to say it, Lou, because I was excited for the signing too. I think T just kind of played himself out of the rotation. He's just not bringing in X factor. I think he's, I think we could see him in a playoff scenario, which is really weird, but I think he's a steady Eddie guy. He's going to run the offense, run the motion, and then he doesn't. he's not bringing the X factor to the table that we need right now. And I think that's okay. He's a great guy to have on the bench, but I think he's out of the rotation. Kyle, do you think right now, and I'm going to ask all of you this, do we still need to add something? And what would it be? Knowing that Marcus is coming back, and for the next seven games, there are no back-to-backs, so Kemba should play all seven games. Do we still need to add something, and what are you looking for? Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to think, and I hope that they put together, um, like, a Carson, um, like a Tremont, like, even a Semi. Uh, I hope they put together a package to get someone like a Harrison Barnes. I don't know if that would be enough, but um, they, they need to get a piece for sure. I In terms of Pritchard, he he's his minutes are going to go down because of smart smart is just clearly the better player but i i still like his role on this team as like i don't know if he would play with smart maybe have smart play the two i like marcus at the point guard so i don't know if that would happen but i i think we need to remember also that he is a rookie still and it's not it's not going to be smooth sailing the whole way i mean him and naismith just kind of flipped where naismith for whatever reason wasn't playing and now he's playing well pritchard was playing he was playing well now he's not playing as well so like it's just like the ups and downs of a rookie season, I think. Um, yeah, with smart with smart back too, like all Pritchard needs to be is a spot up shooter. Because smart was leading the team in assists. Like all Pritchard needs to be is a spot up shooter. And I think that will solidify him a role. Um, like now that you're going through that. Like with smart back, Pritchard coming off the bench, if he can just spot up and knock some threes, like who knows? Three for five, two like two for seven. I don't care. Like as long as he's he's open and, and shooting good shots, like I'll take that all day. Yeah, you know, so what I'm kind of looking at right now, guys, I, I truly think that when we look at Kemba, Marcus, Tatum, Jalen, Tice, Thompson, Robert Williams, and Neesmith, and then maybe Pritchard, we have eight or nine guys that I'm pretty confident can make a playoff run. How deep 
really comes down to the big three. I'm not taking your pessimism right now, Luke, because we 100% have three centers that I'm confident in. I'd like to be bigger, but we're not going to get bigger. I like our guard play for the most part. I think we need wing depth. Guys, one thing that I'm looking at, and I don't know, I, I don't see reunions happening very often, but I'm looking at Al Horford and George Hill from OKC and trading some of our young guys. They're in a rebuild. They don't want Horford's contract. George Hill was just thrown into it to be thrown into it. I like picking up the two of them somehow, some way. I would give up a first-round draft pick, future pick, plus some of our shittier young guys like Grant and maybe even Pritchard if we had to, and go get those two to come off the bench. We get bigger. We Horf, we know what Horford can do, shooting outside, plus his high pitch and rolls with, with Kemba and Jalen and Jason would be very well. And then George Hill provides a little bit of defense and shooting. He's a little bit older, and he's not as good as he used to be, but I like that I, veteran depth. Yeah, I like um, that. The other person that I am looking at, and this is kind of a bigger acquisition, would be DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I don't know if the Spurs can make the playoffs this year. It's going to be a grind. I know they're they're still in the mix, so I'm not they're ruling them out. They're 16-11 uh, right now. They're on the upturn. No, I know, I know. I'm not ruling them out, but that team is old and overpaid, and it's it's going to be a grind for them. I think they'd be smart to get rid of one of their guys. I, you mentioned Rudy Gay in the past. Luke, um, but I see I, I I would take Rudy Gay for less compensation, but I could see DeRozan coming here and playing the two, keeping Tatum at the four, and that puts us right up there with the Nets if we make that move. That's just that's my opinion if we went big. But I think Harrison Barnes is out, and the only reason I say that is because the play-in tournament for the playoffs this year, almost everybody's in the mix. The Pistons are in the goddamn mix because of that stupid play-in game. So I think Sacramento is so desperate to make the playoffs, and Barnes is playing so well that they're not going to break it up. They're not a, they're not selling. I don't think they're selling as much as I would love Barnes. I agree. I think that when we look at what Danny did in the offseason, and I wanted to bring this up to you guys to get your thoughts because I've been high on Tristan and Teague from like before the free agency period, right? Like I wanted both those players. We got them. Teague started the year well. Um, Tristan – Started the year well. Yeah, like decent. Um, I think Tristan's been more like clearly been more consistent than Teague. Like Teague's, Teague was a healthy DNP last night. Um, and that's happened a, a few times now. So in like we clearly didn't do enough in the offseason. Danny needs to make a trade. Um, would you want to give up either of those guys right now? Who? Thompson Tristan or Teague? Teague. Yeah. No, Tristan. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, depending on what we're getting, I would give up Thompson. For in the Horford and whatever deal, because I love Robert Williams that much. And Horford plays the four. Robert Williams is the solid five. And then Tyson Horford could play the four and five together as well. Because yeah. they can both play inside if they need to, but they can both play outside pretty well. Yeah. So I would give up Thompson if we were getting a Horford type. But he's the only thing that, that OKC gets out of that is a $10 million center instead of a 28 or whatever Al's making. So I, I don't know if they would want to do that, but, I yeah, I would, 100%. How about you, Kyle? Teague I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't give – Jeff Teague is useless. I Like, I don't know what he's doing, but the guy doesn't know how to play basketball anymore. Um, like, like I said, I, if we can get Horford somehow, I love that move. Um, Teague, Grant, um, Carson – uh, Tremont, whatever they want, dude, they, they're all useless to me. Like they can all go. So, so I like okay. Semi. 
Although the, the problem with this team though right now is constructed. All of their guys are at the three and they all shoot three, which is fine. But like Semi's been playing well. I'll give Semi a nod here. But they have too many guys like that. Like Grand and Semi are the same player essentially, except Grand is smaller and he's not as dynamic in my opinion. So and Jeff Teague, like I don't know, we don't have room for him now. We with because Pritchard is like solid, even though he's playing poorly right now. Um, Pritchard and Kemba, if he's healthy, which knock on wood, hopefully he is. Uh, mm. And then uh, Marcus Smart coming back. We don't need Jeff Teague, honestly. Like it was great to have him as insurance, but he's fallen off a cliff for me. Um, yeah, I'd like the, to see the package for for Horford. I don't want to get rid of Tristan though, because I like. I think our our centers are a big strength right now, and I think if you bring in Horford and you're able to keep uh, Rob Tice and uh, Tristan, now you have you don't have to put Tatum at the four. Maybe Tatum gets a little bit more rest now, so they're not getting run mm. dry. Um, and now you have like a good like legit four or five. Okay, so here's why I want to bring bring Teague up too, is because uh, like Tristan's been more consistent than uh, Teague for sure. I think Tristan, I agree. Tristan fits with Tice. I think the the Twin Towers lineup works with the the rest of the starting five, um, and and gives Rob like decent minutes off the bench as well as like the let's say seventh man because Marcus will be sixth. Uh, but Teague now Teague has been struggling this year. He went from averaging like nine points a game in the beginning of the season to I think I think it's like five and a half now, but he just like hasn't looked like he's been on the floor at all. Um, I looked up uh, a weird stat on NBA.com uh, regarding the lineups just because I was interested in the inconsistency of the Celtics lineup. And the lineup of Teague, Thompson, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Daniel Tice. They've only played one game so far this year based on these obscure stats that I've looked at, right? That lineup has played once. They were plus 14. They shot 56% from the field. They shot 45% from three, 12 free throw attempts, 16 rebounds, 11 assists. Okay. The plus 14 was the highest of any other lineup that's played this year. Um, they had the second highest uh, in minutes played in that one game. They um, had the third highest in a three-point percentage of any lineup over 10 minutes. Um, highest of any uh, lineup in free throw attempts, they were shooting 91%. Second highest of any lineup in rebounds, and the highest of any lineup in assists. Uh, Teague's still shooting 45 uh, or 42% from three. So like, and, and he's a six-three guard who gives us some size and and requires for the switches. So like, and he my, has great my, defensive hands too. He and he, he strips the ball. Game, yeah. So like, what what is going on? Like, I don't understand why he's not on the floor as much as he should be. Like, I think. Maybe it is mental because he's not getting minutes. Maybe it's like, I mean, maybe it's Brad just disliking him and wanting to go young again because he he likes to do that. I, I just still think Teague is a valuable member of the team. I think he's still a good pickup. And if he becomes the same thing that Peyton Pritchard is, a spot-up shooter, they've been putting Semi and uh, sometimes Javante Green in the corners uh, to, to compensate for the drive and, and kicks. Why wouldn't you put Teague in the corner as a spot-up shooter? It doesn't make sense to me. I still have faith in Teague. I just don't know why he hasn't worked in the lineup and why he hasn't been in the lineup with the starters. It, it, it's confusing. That's all. But yeah, those you know, stats I, I, for themselves. I do agree with you, Luke, when Kemba's sitting on the back-to-back -back nights, which I think is bullshit. I think Teague should be starting because Pritchard needs to stay in his role as the seventh or eighth guy. And Teague can just kind of run the offense. And if it's stagnant, then you just go to Pritchard quickly or you run Tatum at the point and you go bigger, whatever. Yep. I agree Teague should be taking those starting minutes. And it's a it's a role thing. He might not play the games that Kemba plays, and that's fine.
but he came here to, I believe, pursue a championship. I don't think he came here to be the third or fourth string on a 60 that, you know, is struggling. So we'll see what happens. It's still early, but I will tell you this much. The Clippers are pursuing a point guard. Uh, I would, I don't know if Jeff Teague is really an upgrade over Patrick Beverly or Reggie Jackson right now, but it could be something they're looking for to facilitate, play some defense, and just run with PG and Kawhi. So let's keep an eye on that. I would love to get Kennard or maybe Patrick Patterson from them. Um, but, you know, that could be intriguing. We'll see what happens with them. Guys, what are some other things that are sticking out to you? Um, for me, we talked about it this week, guys. I think it is shit or get off the pot for Kemba. He's, he's been showing up. His stats are getting better. His playing is getting better. I think we have to get rid of the restrictions. Danny can't keep saying we have to be consistent and we got to play hard every game. And then Kemba sits one out of four games a week. The next seven games that are on the schedule, there's no back-to-backs. So that means he should play every game. Marcus will be back hopefully by the all-star break. They said, what, four to to six weeks. So he should be back soon. Um, Is there anything else that glares out to you guys? I mean, for me, Kemba needs to play every game going forward. If it's a minute restrictions on back-to-back, Whatever it is, he has to play every game going forward. It is time to I, I want to see a 15 and 5 run right now. They've they showed it this week with the Nuggets win, the dominant win last night with the Hawks. I know it was only like a 12 point win, but it was dominant. They it's time. It's time for a 15 and 5 run and get up to the second or third seed. Yeah, I I, I think the inconsistency in the lineups is the biggest thing for me still. Like you saw it the past two nights, they've been consistent with the lineups and we're one and one, right? Like Regardless, we I think we played well in both games. The the Hawks were just shooting lights out in the first one. We didn't uh, have Kemba the first game. We didn't have Kemba the first night, right? Um, but regardless, I think the lineups were still more consistent than than they had been in the past. Um, and you saw that last night. Like the last night, the lineups were very. I was consistent. very happy with them. Very. It, consistent. It, it's funny. So I like Javante Green. I think he had one five minute stretch. Yeah, and he, that was he it. Played, he played poorly. He didn't, he didn't play. He didn't play well. But that's what Javante Green is. You you. Don't even think about playing him until the energy starts decreasing. And then you bring Javante in just to pick up that pace, hit some people, hopefully make a big play. And last night he didn't, but but that's what he's for. He's not a a 20-minute-a-game guy. He needs to hide at the end of the bench. You need to put him in in with the starters, too, or at least like Kemba and Jalen on the floor. Yeah, I agree. You can't just dip him in one of those, like, Tatum and then all bench players because he doesn't give the support that Tatum would need. Like, the offense goes kaput when yeah. when that lineup is in um but inconsistent with lineups is, is one of the biggest things for me to focus on and i think uh we have a we talked about our schedule like over the, the next seven games we have a super hard stretch pelicans mavs hawks pacers whiz clippers raptors um i had originally said that we're going to lose the pelicans and win against the mavs um and then i had us dropping all three of the hawks so i'm changing my tune a little bit we're losing to the Pelicans. We're winning against the Mavs, and we're winning against the Hawks. So we're going two and one the next three games. But for the other games, we're going to go three and four right now, unless we keep playing consistently, because we can easily turn that into a four-three stretch against like good teams. And I'd love to see a win over the Pacers to to get a little bit of room between us, because right now we're tied in the in the standings. Um, and I would love a, a, if we can swing another win against the Raptors to close that distance, because they've been a hot team. Mm. Um, we need we need to to try to do a, a five and two stretch over the next seven. Um, it's for me it's three and four right now unless unless we pull out a Pelicans win and we see the same consistency we saw with the uh, the lineups um, the ball movement uh, in the in the Hawks game. That's where I stand. Yeah. So 
Sorry, do I tell? Uh, I was just going to say one thing I want to bring up too. The Celtics kind of shot themselves in the foot with the Kemba stuff because if they were like a 15 and five, then you could rest Kemba. But because they've screwed themselves and they, now they have to win, they have to start winning. They have to play Kemba now. So they have to risk his knee more because they're not good enough to win without him. So it's yeah, like, but, but he's, only gonna, he's good with playing like 30 minutes a night. He'll be fine. Listen, Kyle, you just complained about Kemba's knee. You, you were giving a shit about us complaining he came back early. Now you're saying that he's come, he's come back early? Like no, they've, no, they've no, worse no, 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 you're, you're completely missing my point. What I'm saying I'm, is that I, I agree. Kemba should be playing every game, but I would rather them be cautious with it, but they can't do that because they haven't played well enough to have the space. You so if, if he was, I'll, I'll clear this up for Lude. Kyle, if he was fully rehabbed, 110% to go, he's 15 games into playing now. It's go time. It, there's no more warm up. There's no snap restriction. There's no play restriction, minutes restriction. It's go time now. I think I would guess that this seven game stretch with no back to sorry, there's one back to back, the 23rd and 24th. And he, he needs to play all of them. It's go time. And then when we come into April and we're locked into the second or third seed, that's when you cut back the minutes and make sure that all of them are healthy or you do your best to be healthy for the playoffs. But Brad's it's not doing now. That now, though, because last night he even said when he when he said um, if we had went into overtime, Kemba wouldn't have played. And then that that he also said something like, well, that's why he has more – that's why he gets more rest each week or whatever. Like, so they clearly plan on resting him or doing what they're doing. Yeah, it's going to continue until the playoffs, 100%. Like this is going to continue. So Kemba's never going to be fully back. We'll see, we'll see a back-to-back game here and there, but – I mean, this is the season of, of resting stars anyway. If you look at, like, other teams, like, there's a lot of rest going on um, because it's a weird – it's it's like a continuation of the COVID year. Of course, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, guys, this isn't a championship team. You can't sit there and say this team has a chance to make to, to make the NBA Finals as the roster stands. There's no fucking chance. They have a lot to prove. I will say they have a lot to prove because no. – well, no, 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 because here's the thing, Luke. It's their second year with Kemba. Jason and Jalen have both gotten better since last year. Robert and Williams has gotten better since last year. So I don't think we can pass the Nets, but we added Pritchard, added Neesmith. Robert Williams is healthy and playing more. Thompson, I mean, we've made some slight adjustments to last year's roster, and we were a game away from making the Eastern Conference Finals. No, a, a game away from making the, the NBA championship. or two games, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. So, yeah, we, over, we overproduced, yeah, I know. For four years now, I know. So, all right, let, let's get into the next four games, guys. We have the Pelicans, Mavericks, Hawks, Pacers. Joe, give me your breakdown. We don't two and two, three and one, zero oh and four. What do you got? Pelicans, Mavericks, Hawks, Pacers. Um, they're going three and one. Who's the loss? And the loss is going to be to the Hawks. Ooh, okay, Kyle. I'm drinking the, the, the positive Kool-Aid that Vic had last week. They're going 4-0 in this stretch, dude. Like you said, it's time to rip off the wins. It's time for Kemba to play. This is my guy. He's going to start showing up. Hey, why aren't the Mavericks as good as they should be? <clears throat> is that a – They've had, had some injuries. So. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Kemba's uh, not playing that Hawks game, so. Well, maybe. We'll see what happens. He's not we'll playing Hawks. I do love Danny's message, um, although I think he screwed up this roster. But I love that he's saying these guys need to be consistent. They need to play hard. Maybe the roster isn't as good as we thought it was. Third he's really – No shit, though. You Like, stop. Like, no shit, Danny. This roster isn't – you have the same fucking bench as last year besides Teague. 
You have the same fucking bench. What do you? No, expect? it's the same bench. Just he doesn't play. All right. So exactly. I, I, I think we're gonna beat the Pelicans by like twenty. And I know that sounds crazy, but we're starting to find our groove a little bit. I'm really not that afraid of Zion Williamson at all. He might get physical with us, but Thompson will get physical. Robert Williamson block anybody shot on any anywhere on the floor. It doesn't matter. I'm not afraid of the Pelicans. We're, uh, I think the Mavericks are going to be a tough game. That's going to be a very high-scoring game. If we can keep up with their scoring, we will win. Uh, but that's a big question mark. Again, I'm not worried about the Hawks. Why would I be? Uh, but I agree. I think we're going to lose that game um, just because it's the third time in a week, and it's just that just right. kind of how the tricky crumbles. Um, and then we'll beat the Pacers. I mean, the Pacers, they're scrapping right now, and they're scrapping very well. For for losing all the depot, Warren – you know, everyone was on the trade block going into the season. They're really scraping by, and they're scraping by well. But I think we're going to come into the right groove at the right time, and we're going to stomp the Pacers. We're going to go 3-1 and one over this next week, boys. Wow. I'd love to drink the Kool-Aid you guys are drinking. Um, I don't know where they sell it, but, yeah, give me a discount. So what would you say, Luke, 2-2? Two and two? Yeah, I said 2-2. Two and two. All right, so I got three and one. Luke's four. Uh, Kyle's four and zero. Oh, Joe's three and one. Guys, this has been Tommy Points episode. What is it, Kyle? Five, six, uh, six. Tommy Points episode six. We'll have more heat for you guys next week. We got black and gold coming up as well. We appreciate appreciate you guys. Go Celtics.